You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for your great love for us, uh, your great mercy and compassion. We just ask that you would uh, pour out that on us in abundance this day and help me to speak clearly and help us to understand who you are and how we are to live uh, in your ways. And we ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. Um, My name is, my full name is the Reverend Dr. Michael Robert Weeks. Uh, You can call me Mike or Michael, I don't care. I'm not Southern, so I don't really care what you call me as long as you call me. Um, I come from Sydney, Australia, and that's partly true. Um, I grew up in small towns around Australia, which you would never have heard of. Um, so, but I lived in. I moved to Sydney for college, uh, and I did a degree in audio engineering. Um, but my first year of that, I was like, "This is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. I don't want to be the sound guy, you know, who has to pack up and set up sound all the time. That's not what I want to be." And ministry was kind of bubbling under the surface at that point. So I, anyway, I completed that degree, and then I did a ministry apprenticeship on a university campus in Sydney for two years, loved it, and then went to Anglican Seminary in Sydney. And in that seminary, I met a a professor from Beeson Divinity School called Gerald Bray, and we became friends, and the door opened for me to come over here and study at Beeson Divinity School. I'm just going to take a pause. Welcome. So I came over from Sydney in December 2016 to study at Beeson Divinity School and do my Doctor of Ministry there. I did that for two years uh, and I finished that on the 7th of December 2018. I got married on the 8th of December 2018 and I slept on the 9th. (laughs) And and so I've been married for just over a year to my lovely wife Rachel. Um, And I am ordained as a priest here and... Um, so I'm a general clergyman, so I do hospital visits, I do baptisms, I do funerals, I do weddings, I do all that kind of stuff that everyone else does, but my main focus is young adults, which is yoga, you know, you guys, so <laughs> anyone in this room really, no. if you self-identify then sort of, but we say <laughs> 20s and 30s is kind of my main focus. Um, I'm still trying to work out how that all works together. Um, and what and how I can best minister to uh, them and to you. But uh, I would love to get to know all of you, um, but this is a big church, as you've seen, even this morning. Um, and so if I forget your name, I apologise. It doesn't mean I don't like you or I don't care about you. It just means, you know, I'm human and sinful and I've got to remember 3,000 names. So give me a bit of grace. Um, but this morning we're looking at the topic of prayer Sorry, that great litany really took it out of me. <coughs> so what, what is prayer? I think prayer is probably the simplest and probably the most complex thing you can do as a Christian. And I need to start out with a, a proviso here. I mean, I'm 31. Um, I haven't a whole lot of life experience, as you can probably see. I don't have that many grey hairs. Uh, I haven't had that much stress 
Um, and that means my prayer life is still very young and I still struggle a lot with prayer. And mostly that comes from the way that I think and the way that I, I live. I struggle to know what to pray for. Um, and often I just get kind of tunnel vision in my prayers. And so I, I often just pray for whatever's immediate to me, whatever's uh, besetting me at the moment. And I struggle to really have good vision for prayer. Um, my wife loves to journal prayer, and that's the way that she prays best. And I, I appreciate that, and I, I do that sometimes, but it's not the way that I operate. Um, and so prayer for me is a bit of a struggle, and there's many ways that you can pray, but um, let's think more deeply what the Bible says about prayer. So what is prayer in general? Well, prayer is asking or petitioning God for something. That's... That's the main kind of uh, concept that prayer is used for in the Bible, when we ask God for something. It's the most common way it's talked about in the Bible. But more broadly, it's the way that we communicate with God. It's the way we talk to God in our relationship with Him. We respond to Him through prayer. And so why do we pray? Why, do we, why should we pray? Well, we pray because we believe that God is in control of all things. Now, this is one of the most complex things to understand. Uh, the relationship between God's sovereignty uh, and our responsibility and how that sh- all shakes out in prayer. And I, I've been wrestling with, with this and uh, struggling with it a fair bit. But, but we pray because we believe that God can do something and that God is powerful enough and is loving enough that he would do something. Um, and so that is kind of the main reason why we pray is because we because of our belief of who God is, that he's in control. So here's a quote for you. Christian prayer then shared a simple belief that God could be peti- pen- sorry, petitioned, could be petitioned to intervene and affect changes in nature and in the course of world events. So just the fact that he is God, he's in control and we are not drives us to prayer. We also pray because It's an expression, as I said before, it's an expression of our relationship with God as his children. So we pray to God because he is our father. He loves us and he cares for us and he longs to give us many good things. God wants us to pray because prayer expresses our trust in God and is a means thereby our trust in him can increase. increase. So we pray to God as our father and we, his children, through our trust in him, that he will be good to us. And so how do we pray? What is it, what's the method of prayer? And there's no one set way of going about it, but prayer mostly in the Bible is prayed to the Father. So we believe in a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we pray to the Father. It's not always the case in the Bible, but most of the times we pray to the Father. Um, he who works all things according to his sovereign will, as it says. And we pray to the Father through the Son. So we pray through the mediating work of the Son. And our prayer is an expression of our faith and is in response to the grace of God given to us in the life, death, resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. So our prayer is to the Father through the Son. And that through the Son there captures a whole lot of Uh, theology Uh, and basically it's we can pray because 
Jesus has opened a way for us to enter into the, the throne room, as, a, as Hebrews says. You know, boldly we approach the throne of grace uh, that we might have grace for our time of need. And that's, that's through Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension. And so we pray to the Father through the Son and by the Spirit. And so we pray through the power of the Holy Spirit working within us. And in Romans, I think it says that even when we don't know what to pray, the Spirit uh, groans for us. And I can remember uh, when I was in college, gosh, I must have been 20 years old, and I just didn't really know what to pray. And I remember lying on my bed and just groaning because I just didn't, I needed God to help me and I just was just groaning. And that was the Spirit kind of crying out on my behalf, talking to God for me. Um, I don't know if you have an experience like that, but the Spirit works in us to, to help us to pray and also prays for us. And finally, um, so sorry, so we pray to the Father through the Son and by the Spirit. There's a Trinitarian form of prayer there, a structure of the prayer. So at the Advent, we use this funny book called the Book of Common Prayer. Uh, and so it uses prayer in a broad sense, uh, that prayer is the way that we relate to God. Uh, so when you think of the Book of Common Prayer, think of prayer as worship, as confession, as uh, praise, as all those things. But it's teaching us how to pray and how to relate to God. It's our guide for responding to God through praise and repentance and confession and thanksgiving and many other activities. And so we do all of these things in response to what God has done for us in Christ. So the prayer book is a guide uh, which is saturated in in Scripture so that we continually train ourselves to speak God's words back to Him. So the prayer book is teaching us how to pray, how to respond to God, how to live the Christian life through constant repentance, constant uh, confession, and constant turning to God, remembering the grace that he has for us in Christ. Now, Episcopalianism, Anglicanism looks very different depending on where you live in the world. And so for us, it kind of looks like the 9 o'clock and the 11, but also looks like the refectory and the 5 o'clock. So there's not really one way of going about doing the Book of Common Prayer or uh, doing Anglicanism in general. Uh, And so in Sydney, Sydney Anglicanism, they don't really use the Book of Common Prayer at all. So I kind of grew up not really learning about it. And so if you see me fumbling through the Book of Common Prayer, it's because I really don't know what I'm doing. You know, I'm just... (laughs) This morning I walked out during the hymn because I realized I needed to grab it so I could do the closing prayer and blessings because I didn't have it before. And so I was like, gosh, I've got to get that. Um, Anyway, I say that because I actually really appreciate the Book of Common Prayer and I appreciated it before I came here, so it's not because the Advent's so great, but because of the way it trains us. Uh, it teaches us the words to say and it teaches us what to do. Um, it's not infallible. It's not the Word of God, so it's not to be held up above the Word of God, but it's a good guide. It's a good way of learning and giving you the words to pray. Um, so I would definitely commend it to you. Um, there's only a few people who I know, one really I know personally, who does the, the Book of Common Prayer morning and evening every day. Uh, and that's Gerald Bray, the professor that I came over with. Um, so you can do that. It's possible. But it's a lot of hard work and I definitely don't do that. 
So um, that's just all to say. Um, did I give you some questions? Some group work. All right, would you split up into groups around you and, and do those? And then we'll come back for questions. All right, I'm going to call you all back together. Come back, look at me. Look at me. Any uh, any questions? Any thoughts? Shh. Have to treat you like children. Yes, Walter. The prayer, but explain to me how, like John one, how does it end up at the end of the Bible as opposed to right after John? First John. Uh, yeah. Gosh, how is the board, how is the Bible ordered? Um, Right. Right before Revelation. Yeah. Uh, so they're usually grouped together, uh, and so John wrote Revelation as well, um, and so the Gospels are kind of grouped together, and then you have the uh, Pauline epistles, and then you have uh, kind of pastoral epistles and Peter's work, and then you have John's kind of later work. Okay. Um, so I think. I mean, I do know this and I've learned this, um, you know, many years ago, but I've forgotten. Like, I can probably give you a more theological answer, but it's right back in the back, back of my mind. So, I need to do a bit of research. Yeah, put them together. Yeah. Any other thoughts or questions? Anything you are reminded of through reading those scriptures? Anything about the Advent that you want to know? This is the time. You can ask me later as well, but so I've got a question. Yeah. Um, in the Lord's Prayer, mm-hmm. now I know that the most of the Protestant uh, denominations they add right um, your kingdom come, your will be done. Yeah. Um, Sorry, the end of that. To so yours be the glory. Yeah, was, yeah, that's what I was thinking about. What came out of my mouth? Keep going, Adam. Sorry. No, it's fine. Um, <clears throat> I guess. Why? Why do we add that at the end? Yeah, it's definitely added as a later. Um, I, it has it down the bottom of my NIV. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of got added in as a later tradition, and then it's something that we picked up. Um, I think. Possibly the early church probably did it that way, mm-hmm. um, and so it just became a tradition, and it's just kept going as things usually do. Why do we do things around the Advent? It's just someone started doing it, and we yeah. keep on doing it. So, um, and I mean, it, it feels weird to not do it like that, doesn't it? But that's not a reason to do it. But yeah, yeah I can't give you a definite answer on that as well. You're asking me the tricky ones. <laughs> <laughs> any any easy theological questions like? How does God do things? <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. I mean, yeah, my history's not very good, so that's why I struggle with these. Yeah. Michael, the great litany that went on and all this morning. Um, I don't remember doing that recently. Why was, why was that in this service? Yeah, it's just something we do in Lent. Okay. Um, I was just <coughs> discussing with Fontaine. I, I think we only do it on the first Sunday of Lent. Um, and it's just... 
you know, a catch-all prayer, and it, uh, it's really about kind of ordering and structuring our, our thoughts and prayers around uh, kind of repentance and, you know, Lord, have mercy on us. We say that a bunch of times. And by the end of it, you're like, yeah, Lord, have mercy on us. Let's get to the end of this prayer. But, um, yeah, it's just something we do. Uh, it's, in, it's in the prayer book, uh, and so we do it once a year, usually, I think, uh, during Lent. Just in morning prayer. Uh, I don't think we're doing it at the eleven. Yeah, I think we I think we do it in morning prayer. I think we're doing it in the refectory. Yeah, we kind of make it up as we go. So, yeah. Zach was the one to ask for that. Yeah, that's right, Zach. Zach and Andrew. So, yeah. Uh, anything else for the group, Fontaine? All right, I'm going to let you all go. I might pray for us. That's an appropriate thing to do. <laughs> Father, we thank you uh, that you are our Father and that we can come to you. And we ask that by your Spirit you would help us to pray, help us to trust you, help us to come to you in our time of need. Uh, we're so used to doing things in our own strength. And so we ask that you would change our hearts, that we would be dependent on you. And we ask this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.